if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 149. This is our 2021 Waste Management Phoenix Open and Saudi International episode. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's European and PGA Tour action. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How's things? Chipper, mate. Chipper. You good? Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Thank you. I've come on the podcast for a rest. I know that you're exactly the same. (laughs) A rest from the homeschooling. A rest from life in general, really. Uh, This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our well-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor models all available, completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media, on on Twitter, Paul is at Golf Betting. Paul, I am starting a Get Paul to 10,000 followers campaign this week. So please follow Paul at Golf Betting. You've been in the 9,000. Perhaps if I've got a win, that might actually uh, Well, if you pick someone that could putt, it would help. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) Exactly. So let's let's follow Paul at Golf Betting. Let's get him to ten thousand followers. You've been in that now nine thousand range now for a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, you have, haven't you? Yeah, 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 nearly there. Nine nine thousand six hundred and something. Oh, I, I know. I'm available at Bamford Golf on Twitter. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. I think I let in another four or five this morning. We've got a constant flow of new uh, visitors. A lot of Patrick Reed chat at the weekend. Uh, interesting. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. I have just 10 minutes ago released the Waste Management Phoenix Open golf betting show. It's about half an hour, and I literally go into uh, some real minute detail about the agronomy of the course, winning scores, skill sets, everything that you need to know. More detail there than I can put into the podcast half an hour. So uh, check out our YouTube channel, Steve Bamford Golf. Right, as I say every week, and Paul, we're getting a really good flow at the moment. Thank you to each and every one of you. Please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. We broke through the 100 review mark on in the United States uh, last week. So thank you to you guys for delivering that. I suppose it does set the challenge, though, to those of us in Great Britain. I think we're sitting at 90... I don't know, that's 92, 94 reviews, something like that. So if you're in the UK... Um, please give us a five-star review. And let's break through that uh, that 100 barrier as quickly as we can. And for those of you in Ireland, I know it's a, a lot smaller country, 
Um, there's some really good reviews in Ireland, so let's keep those coming as well. Okay, this one, first one, Great Golf Pod is the title. Uh, five stars. It is from Shark Boy Golf, and he is in California. Not a bad spot. Uh, love listening to this podcast. If you like golf, this is a listen. Steve, Paul and Barry know what they are talking about. They give out solid golf information stroke picks. Always get a crack up at the Michael Caine voice and Paul's first round leader bets. Great call on Mal Natty. Solid stuff. Keep up the good work. Cheers, guys, from Shark Boy in Cali. Lovely. Thank you very much. And second uh, review. Awesome content. You're going to like this one, Paul. Five stars. I've been following GBS for a number of years now, and the level of detail and enjoyment listening always increases. The podcast makes me my drive home from work on a Tuesday very enjoyable. I don't even care if I'm stuck in traffic. That's true, you know. I listen to most of my podcasts if I'm out running or cycling or driving. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm with. This is from Paul in Brighton. I'm with Paul on that one. Uh, the amount of stats and tools you have at your disposal to narrow down a large group of players is second to none. Even though I don't always follow Paul. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you cannot blame the bloke for that, can you? No, no, no. Each to their own. I, 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 ultimately, we give people the uh, yeah, give them the info, give them the tools on the website, and uh, I, I, half of the fun's making your own decisions, your own, your own picks. So if you don't agree, then no, that's fine. Um, this this idea that for you know you have to follow a tipster and literally you, you read what on your phone and bang a bet on straight away. I I think golf betting, and we've always said this, it's about giving people access to information and statistics where they basically make their own decisions, yeah? Mm, absolutely. Uh, that was Paul in Brighton. Another, good. Another nice spot, Brighton. Yes. So, um, uh, well, thanks uh, to both you guys for your taking the time out to, uh, to review us this week. Much appreciated as ever. Keep them coming. Uh, I will constantly monitor them and we will go through them at the start of each and every show we appreciate every single five-star review right i suppose we should talk about last week we won't talk about patrick reed just yet we'll talk about sergio garcia and his putting i'll leave it yeah the floor's yours paul you did make me laugh you did late make me laugh at like 5 15 yesterday morning (laughs) When you were telling me on Skype that Sergio Garcia couldn't putt, <laughs> it, did, well, it did make me titter. It's like, is, no, yeah. it's like, really? Yeah, no, no shit, Paul. Yeah, no shit. He's just realised. Yeah, he's first, his long game. Um, some of his driving is absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. Um, mm. You know, and there's, there's proper highlights reel of his uh, his driving on the week, and you know, he's, he's smashing it long. He's he's hitting it very accurately for the, for the most part. Um, from tee to green, well, I say tee to green because some of the some of the irons weren't weren't the best, but um, but yeah, ultimately he could have won the golf tournament. It was simple as that. Had he putted even half decently, and uh, you know he's got this style, hasn't he, where he's putting with his eyes closed. But uh, I wasn't really expecting him to be lining up after shots shots with his eyes closed too, because that's what it seemed like with uh, with some of the misses. It was just 
painful to watch at times and frustrating when you've got a player who's that close to 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 being seriously in contention and with a serious chance of winning and you know it must be frustrating for him as well because he's searched for for years hasn't he for the for the solution for the holy grail as to what he's going to do to to solve his pain because if he sorts that out then he's uh, or had he sorted that out at some point in the past it would be absolutely absolutely flying but yeah not to be i until I see something different in terms of those putting performances, I can't, I can't back Sergio again. There's a lot of people who, on my timeline again who've been saying to me, "Well, aren't you on him? Aren't you on him again this week?" And you know, finished tied six last week. That's good, but I, I can't go there. It's, um, it's too masochistic for me. I think. But yeah, yeah, that's the that's the way it is. Tied for six in the end. Um, you, I, I could have got um, eight places had I uh, relinquished a few points. At the start of the week, but uh, being greedy, I went for the price rather than the uh, additional places. So yeah, you're a price guy, aren't you? I I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll often shave off five points and take the extra places, but it's just personal preference. Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of bit me on the backside last week as a result, but uh, we, yeah, we said last week Francesco Molinari, we said Paul Casey, we said Sergio Garcia. These guys and and players of their ilk will have to hit the ground running. Yeah. And uh, Casey has now placed himself into the nine players that are currently sitting in the automatic spots on Team Europe. Yeah, yeah. And you can't begrudge him that because, you know, I don't know if you saw his interview afterwards, but very emotional, very, very raw. Um, You know, you can't help but kind of pull for the guy is you know, he's one of the one of the good guys, I guess, in, in terms of. World golf and European golf. That's his fifth European, fifteenth European tour win. So, mm. um, very, um, very impressive career overall. And uh, the signs were there. I mean, if you look back at his Amex performance from the week before, um, second for strokes gained tee to green, fourth for strokes gained approach. And Dubai's never been about the best putter. There's, you know, no. there's, there's been some um, pretty average putters who've got over the line in Dubai over the years. And that's kind of kind of when I went, how I went down the Sergio route. Um, but, yeah. So, but yeah, Casey's tee to green game was good and um, he, he putted adequately. And so that was enough. 16, nearly 17 strokes gained tee to green for Casey on the week, which is a pretty strong performance and shows you where he made his, uh, made his numbers. Fleetwood Hatton Ram McElroy with world points. Uh, that's European. Then we've got Perez now, Paul Casey, Danny Willett, Matthew Fitzpatrick and Bernd Wiesberger. Lee Westwood has been just shuffled out of those nine spots. Yeah. And Robert McIntyre is in the spot beneath Lee Westwood with that good performance last week. Yeah, yeah, plenty, plenty of, uh, plenty of time to go, and there's going to be a lot of yep. shuffling them about. But uh, yeah, it expects, you know, even the likes of Wester, you, you know, he's, he's in some some good overall form, isn't he? And he'll be very motivated to uh, to continue that for the next six, eight months or so, and uh, see if he can get to the team. You've got Francesco now as well with two consecutive PGA Tour top tens. Mm. Yep. There's a spark there, and uh, yeah. I know you, you supported him last week, and he just just missed just out missed on the out place. On the, but yeah, my good. rationale was right, though, wasn't it? I? I yeah, said yeah. he might be able to creep in, get an each way spot. He's one shot shy. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was a good. You know, overall, it was a good, uh, good thought process with that. At a tasty price for for Molinari, given the, uh, you know, you, you could look at his form outside of that most recent top ten and uh, and, and kind of dismiss him on that on that basis. But uh, that was good. And and Ryan Palmer, it's you know Barry and I are sitting there with our humble pie ready to eat, and uh, whilst we haven't quite had to tuck in, it was. Uh, Still a, a nice result for Palmer in the end for you. I think the key with Palmer was he'd shot the joint best score on Thursday on the south course. And if he'd have gone out and ripped another score at the north course, that would have been the worst possible <laughs> outcome. No, I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah. No, when great. you've got Ryan Palmer leading at halfway by two, three, four shots, there's only one thing that's ever going to happen. Mm. And he didn't. He just nudged around a two under was never in like the final group on Saturday. And from that point, he just stayed in the slipstream. And that's how you get an each way 60 to one place out of him. If he'd have literally hit the front, you'd have ended up with nothing. Mm -hmm. That's just Ryan Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's yeah, luck, it shows mate. you that a lot of it is as golf is luck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he's not not gonna deliberately hold himself back on a on a Friday and a Saturday to, to kind of overcome that. But uh, yeah, from a punting perspective, if you see him in that kind of slipstream position as you described, then mm. you're far more comfortable than looking at uh, looking at the top of the leaderboard and expecting the inevitable collapse. Because that's when he falls out of the each way places completely and you don't get don't get a bean back, which is uh, Frustration, frustration. The one that slightly surprised me of my bunch was was Scott because I thought once Scott really got into the the heat of the battle, he'd hang around. Yeah. But his tee to green games, absolutely. Well, sorry, his driving and his approach play was awful. It was literally his scrambling and putting that was keeping in it in it, which is atypical of Adam Scott. But it was very typical of the winner, Patrick Reed, And we did say, and that's what I love about Torrey Pines, strokes gain models um, and, uh, you know, forecasts and all this kind of malarkey will not generate Patrick Reed winning that golf tournament because in the build-up he'd been awful. Yeah, pretty yeah, patchy. But there was always something good in his game. Even when he missed the cut, I think he fired in on the opening day a decent score, and then he just blew out on the Friday at the at the American Express. So there was something flashing and peaking. The thing that put me off Reed was the price, because as we've always said on this pod, I like Patrick Reed at fifty to one, sixty to one, sixty six to one, twenty five to one. Not it's not something I like in terms of his winning odds. No. I think I, when I went in the back in the history, the only the only tournament he's ever won at a shorter odds than twenty five to one was twenty two to one when he won the the tournament of champions in a thirty four man field. Yeah, it's a restricted field, isn't it? So so what? That's will... a that in genuinely that's a forty forty five to one price yeah. point. Yeah, and I guess that price was born more of his um, performance. The previous, or did he finish third the previous year, yeah. something like that. Um, had that have been a miscut off the back of a missed cut on his previous start, you probably would have got that forty to one price point, which uh, you know you, you could take a chance on him at that point. There was plenty going back to um, the Earth Course in Dubai at the back end yeah. of last year. There was plenty to like about Reed, particularly with his short game and his putting. You know, it was like Houdini that week, and um, 
you know some of the some of the um, saves um, last week again from 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 Reed. You know, notwithstanding the issues that have been well documented, but um, you know his short game and his putting and his chipping and his, his, his you know his wedge play is incredible. If he if he had a consistent long game um, and a consistent approach game, the guy would be absolutely incredible. He'd be winning even more tournaments than he does win already. He's rebuilt his swing. And he was. Uh, I, I read a, the interview after Thursday. He can now move the ball both ways. He's got different shot shapes, and he yeah, feels just. Yeah. Not, and you can see in his driving, he he actually hit a lot of fairways last week, and he has been peaking for a while. Because I mean, I put him up at the U.S. Open, and that's because yeah. he was driving the ball so well at um, the Tour Championship at Eastlake. Yeah. So it's been percolating for a while, and we yes. said we said on last week's podcast because it's a classical golf course. Different players can win. So it, it can be a tee to green game, um, metronome one year, and then the next year it's a branch Snedico. It's a Patrick Reed who, from 100 yards and in, with a wedge, with the scrambling and with the putting, can just, you know, can, can win on that particular week. Yeah. And it was, Reed, it was a Reed sort this year. It's very easy, isn't it? And I, I do this a lot to get sucked into this. You have to have a tee to green player, a ball striker that you get lucky with the putter that particular week. Reed's the extreme of that, isn't he? You're you're very rarely going to see that tee to green excellence. But you said to me the other day, from 100 yards and in, the guy is absolutely lethal. <laughs> it's it's mad, isn't it? Because you, you, you eyeball those performance and, and those approach shots and you, you think, wow. And then you look at his... Um, Greens and regulation stats, the raw stat, and he's always way, way, way down the list. So mm. it's the, it's got to be the longer irons that are just the thing that he needs to sharpen up because those wedges, those you know the gap wedges or the, the full wedges are just outstanding. Um, and his scrambling and putting oh, game is he's, he's got to be well, on at the moment probably the best in the world around the greens yeah. and on the greens. Yeah, you know he's going to divide opinion. He's going to have you know as, as you said, there was so many comments and uh, and views on. On him as a as a as a person, um, and you know, as a player and as a person over the weekend, and that's understandable given everything that you know and all the noise um, that uh, surrounds Patrick Reed whenever there's any kind of controversy. But uh, you can't take it away from the, the the guy that firstly he can close a golf tournament, and secondly his short game um, is you know it, as you said is it takes some beating. I think that was his ninth PGA Tour victory. And I'm desperately looking at my spreadsheet while I'm not killing time particularly effectively. That's right. His ninth PGA Tour victory, he's landed two on bent grass, four on Bermuda grass, and that was his third on Poana. 2016 winner at Beth Page. We mentioned Beth Page Black as a great correlatory yeah. course. And you were on him last year in Mexico on those Poana greens. Uh, altitude there in Mexico City. So yeah, it's one of those you look at it and go, well actually it was a something someone we could have picked, but I wasn't getting involved at twenty five to one on Patrick Reed. But I know no. quite a few people were and well played to those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Always easy to post rationalise afterwards, isn't it? It's uh, that's that's the game. Reed has now eked himself into the automatic six spots for Team America. DJ at one, DeChambeau two, JT at three, Xander at four, Colin Morikara at five, and Reed at six. 
He's knocked Kepka out of there. So Kepka, Simpson, Finau, English and Cantley are the five beneath those automatic spots. That's going to be a real firefight, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. The the players will be thinking to themselves, well, if I'm going to get myself into like position seven and nine, I'm going to get a pick. So interesting um, the way that the Team America are sorting that one out with uh, Steve Stricker. It's interesting as well. Steve Stricker and Paddy Harrington all of a sudden have started to play some half-decent golf, haven't they? <laughs> Harrington's playing some really nice stuff. And he, he's in Phoenix this week, of all places. It's, I, I, I don't know if you've seen on um, Twitter um, and, and on Instagram, he puts out a uh, a, a little uh, short video on a, on a Wednesday, usually, Harrington, just to say this, you know, his own personal preview of the, the week ahead. And... Uh, he was very downbeat about his chances in Dubai and, you know, wasn't hitting the ball cleanly and he was, um, you know, he just said, well, potentially you turn up on a Thursday and it's all right, but, you know, it, it wasn't the typical kind of chipper Patrick Harrington and then turned up and he finished, what, in the tie for Sieve? Mm. You're like, wow. So clearly he did find something when you uh, stepped onto the first tee on Thursday and, uh, as you say, yeah, they're, they're, they're finding a, a bit of form, which isn't always the way with the Ryder Cup captains, is it? You often find them fall completely off the uh, off the charts as they're focusing on uh, focusing on the the bigger task at hand. We've been chatting for twenty minutes, which is bang out of order, really. Apologies to the listeners. Um, let's let's start then with Saudi International, which at yep. fifty six, a ranking of fifty six, is it for the world? Uh, official world golf ranking point 58 yeah 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 that's it's, just that's incredible it's going to this must be the best field on the european tour this year yeah it's um i i, I can't remember one that you you know a regular P, um, european tour event that is as loaded as this even the likes of the scottish open um when you've got players coming over to uh, to warm up for the open championship um I, yeah it's, it's it's mad we'll go through the field in a second um because it is it's a different different class, really. Um, final leg of our three-week Middle East swing. Um, we're coming back to Qatar um, for another trip into the region after the WGC concession um, in uh, late swing in the month. But um, but for now, that's going to be the end of our uh, initial Middle East swing. Um, Three and a half million dollar prize fund this week. Um, yeah, in, in, comparable to last week, far less than the Abu Dhabi Championship, but. There are some substantial appearance fees, as there have been for the last two renewals, to get some of the best players in the world yeah. to attend. So yeah. They're handing out a fortune. <laughs> so, yeah, as you say, they kind of the wave a, a few um, few dollars at some of the uh, uh, some of the players and the, uh, some the, of them. the name that made me really chuckle was Phil Mickelson. He'll be there <laughs> having a chat with some of the guys. Oh, do you fancy this? Uh, what did they call it? This Saudi this Saudi Premier League guys. Yeah. yeah. Phil, oh, yeah. Phil, Phil played last year, which um, not bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> off the back of absolutely no form and finishing the tie for third. And so I think it was a three-figure price last year as well. Wow, which was mad. really? Yeah, because you're coming in off absolutely nothing and uh, yeah, finishing the tie for third. But yeah, as you, as you said, in terms of the field strength, um, the strength Man. of field officially is four four one. Um, and uh, to put it, sorry, three nine four. Put it into context. Last last week's farmers um, was four four one, which you'd have expected to be far far stronger, and it was only marginally stronger. The um, world ranking points to the winner um, fifty four this week and fifty eight to the farmers last week. So 
Um, so yes, it's you know in terms of the relative strength, it's right up there with a um, a top end PGA Tour event. Mm. And uh, twenty of the world's top fifty are here, which puts wow. it into some kind of context, really. Great. Dustin Johnson, the five to one favourite, he's been backed in. Bryson's been absolutely hammered in the last uh, day or so since the odds first came out. He's uh, he's down from nine to one down to general eight to one or shorter now as well. Uh, Till Hatton, twelve to one. Um, Patrick Reed, fourteen to one. Last week's winner. Tony Finnau, sixteen to one. And um, Hovland, sixteen to one. Tommy Fleetwood, twenty two to one. How Tommy Fleetwood in a regular European Tour event? generally that kind of 12 14 to 1 price point so 22 to 1 this week puts it into context where where his position is relative to the players in this field Paul Casey last week's winner 22 to 1 Sergio's drifted out a little bit 28 to 1 but as I say there's plenty of backers for Sergio this week uh, Abraham Anser 33s Bobby McIntyre had another cracking chance last week didn't he uh, 33 to 1 uh, 40 to 1 by those players, but you've still got the likes of uh, Christian Bezwadenhu, uh, Matt Wallace, Shane Lowry, Andy Sullivan, Jason Kokrak. Um, the list goes on, as you said, you know, further down. Phil Mickelson, there's, there's um, a lot of very good players in this week's field. And, and as I said a second ago, 20 of the world's current top 50 are playing here this week. Kevin Nah, you haven't even mentioned Justin Rose. Yeah. I mean, Justin Rose at 60 to 1. Mm. What's the what's the key then on this? It's a coastal track, isn't it? It is, yeah, and it's only the third renewal we've had of this. So, um, of the two we've had so far, uh, Dustin Johnson won the first one uh, back in twenty nineteen at ten to one. He was uh, nineteen under in total. Graham McDowell won last year. Um, he was ninety to one coming into it. Mm. Uh, Twelve under, so it was a little bit of a tougher, a bit windier last year. It blew, didn't it? Blew yeah, high. and. As, as, as you said, a coastal track, which generally that's the, the one thing that kind of protects these coastal tracks. Um, other than that, if there's no wind about, then often you can make a, a, a pretty decent score. Mm. Um, it's a short track, 7,010 yards, par 70. Uh, for, for the members, it's 72, but they do make it a, a par 70 for, for the pros. But even so, it's a, you know, a tickle over 7,000 yards, so it's not long by any stretch. It's built around four lakes um, and some of the holes alongside the Red Sea as well. So you've got a lot of water in play, a few dog legs. Um, but as ever, as I said a second ago, defence, um, the only real defence for a track like this is the wind. So it's interesting to see that we are going to see a bit of wind this this week. Uh, up to about 20 miles an hour on Thursday, uh, pretty gusting a little bit uh, stronger than that, 20, 25 maybe, and 10 to 15 miles an hour thereafter. So there's going to be some decisions to be made in terms of uh, shot select, shot selection, and uh, and uh, how uh, individual holes are played, and uh, club selection, of course, in the wind. But uh, that adds another dimension to it, which is good. We don't want to see a birdie fest on these kind of tracks each and every week, so that's positive. Um, Paspalum grass throughout the whole track is mm. uh, the whole the whole track's been laid to Paspalum royal dynasty for reference. But um, but yeah, from the from the tees, the fairways, the rough, and also the greens themselves are all Paspalum this week. So that's one one aspect to kind of grab onto, I guess. Um, the coastal element, the shore element. Um, some players play better on par seventies where there's um, fewer par fives and uh, less advantage potentially to the uh, to the bombers. Although you know, if you look back at the stats, and it's a little bit frustrating because if you look at the stats for this week, 
there's absolutely no stats historically for Dustin Johnson for his two efforts here. And he finished no. first and second. Um, there's no stats for uh, Phil Mickelson either last year and he finished third. And often you get that with the European Tour. If you've got an American player comes over, a PGA Tour player who comes over, they just don't track him. And simple as that. So well, they seem can't. to have stopped that this year, haven't they? Because there were numbers last week for Morikawa and there were numbers for John, Justin Thomas at Abu Dhabi. So if you have actually stopped that European Tour and you are giving us full <laughs> visual statistics for some of the biggest names in world golf, well done. Yeah, yeah. A positive step forward and... Uh, yeah. In this uh, you know, shots gained era, then that makes uh, makes perfect sense yeah. just to fill those final gaps in. But yeah, historically you haven't got those. I mean, you'll have to infer how DJ played on his uh, two performances, and you can infer how uh, Phil Mickelson may have played. But when you look through those um, performances, and also those of the players who were recorded, you know, in truth there was a real mix there. And Dustin Johnson's clearly one of the longest players in the world. Um, Graham McDowell is, on the other hand, a much shorter player from tee to green, and uh, you know he's going to he's going to um, generally appeal to a different style of track. Um, Gavin Green finished well last year. He he got to his position by playing very strong from tee to green. Thomas Peters was also I think in a tie for third last year, and he hit far less than fifty percent um, of of fairways. So lots of ways to um, lots of ways to get round this track by the looks of it. Drawing conclusions between Dustin Johnson and Graham McDowell, the only obvious one, um, and Phil Mickelson as well, having finished third, the only obvious one that's there staring you in the face is um, Pebble Beach. Um, you know, DJ's got a fantastic record around Pebble. Graham McDowell won there, didn't he, in the, um, the US Open back in, was it 2010, I'm going to say? Uh, lefties won, what, what's he won, five times around Pebble, something like that. It's, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of Pebble Beach. Um, correlating form not that you're going to find a great deal of um, players in this field who you can really map that across to but again when you look at the fact that Pebbles a coastal track it's a short track again it makes sense that you've got uh, that kind of correlation there so so yeah worth having a look if you're digging a little deeper into your stats this week uh, the par fours are key here it's a par 70 so you've only got eight looks at par fives so generally you're going to have to score well around the par fours that said DJ last year, he finishing second, he was nine under for those eight looks at the uh, par fives during the course of the week. So he really did make a decent score on those par fives every time he had a chance to do so. So um, The only other thing that really draws all of the um, top performers from the last two years together is incoming form. So nine of the ten players who finished inside the top five from 2019 and 2020, each one of them, so that's nine out of ten, had a top ten finish in one of the last six starts. The only one who breaks that mould is Phil Mickelson. As I said last year, he wasn't fancied whatsoever, really, um, given the name, and uh, and managed to finish in the tie for third. And I think he was hundreds of one. I think it was it was something mad like that. So yeah, a bit of incoming form. Decent par four scoring, coastal track, Paspalum as well. There's plenty of Paspalum um, tracks dotted around the world. Um, so you can look at some of those over on the PGA Tour. Uh, Puerto Rico's one, by Cobra's yeah. another. Yeah. Um, over on the uh, European Tour, you've got Oman, you've got Mauritius. There's, there's a few to dig into. And if you go through my preview, there's a few of the uh, different tracks mentioned at various points, which may... Um, be of use for your analysis. Kuala Lumpur is another one which has been played both on the European and 
the PGA Tour and the CIMB Classic over the years as well. So yeah, a bit of passable and form could, could be a positive. And of course, with a little bit of wind in the forecast too, then um, a player who can handle that is, is going to be uh, going to be a favoured um, angle, I think. So uh, so yeah, plenty to attack given we've only really got uh, two years worth of data to investigate this week. Um, I've gone through. Uh, yeah, again, you can make a case for any of the guys at the top end, really, couldn't you? Um, and clearly they've been been backed. I mean, DJ's been backed on the strength of his um, performances here over the last two years, and that's understandable. At five to one, um, you can understand why someone like Bryson's going to get uh, get supported on a short track that he could absolutely um, murder if he if he's playing well from tee to green. So um, there's, there's there's cases to be made for those guys. Till Hatton, twelve to one. You know, he's been playing some outstanding stuff for the last. Um, the last six months or so, he's been one of the real form players in the world, hasn't he? But mm. for me, of the players at the top, the one I've gone for is Victor Hovland at sixteen to one. Um, and to be honest, he when I started doing my pre-analysis for this last last week, he was at the top of my list, given um, how he's played comparable tracks, in my view, comparable tracks over over the last year or so. And he knew nearly blew his price price completely last week, didn't he? At Torrey Pines, he was right in the mix. You know, and yeah. you're kind of looking at this thinking, you know, nice to show some form, Victor, but please don't go and win. <laughs> Isn't it always the way? Yeah. I, yeah. I had I had Xander penciled in for this week in Phoenix, yeah, and you had Victor for this, and all of a sudden they're like tied for the lead. And it's yeah. like, for Lord's sake, you're just destroying your odds for next week. Yeah. Always I, the way. Yeah, it is, and you know, it, it was it was never going to be a particularly long price for this, but um, no. it certainly shaved a little bit off what I'd expect. You but got, you know, you might have got twenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the in the in the field that we've got, twenties may may have been out there had he finished in a tie for twentieth or thereabouts. But, it, so, but yeah, finished in a tie for second, so sixteens um, is all we're getting. But I don't think that takes or detracts from his chance whatsoever. I think he's you know he's showing that he's clearly in some great nick. Fifth for strokes gained approach, seventh for strokes gained tee to green. 15th the strokes game putting is only around mm. the greens it's only really um you know, around the greens that lets him down we know that's his weakness it's but something the putters the putters better is it and that's been yeah. his faux gras for a period of time isn't it the other thing with victor that we know he absolutely loves his paspalum absolutely yeah 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 if you look at his two wins um both from Coastal, both from Paspal and Puerto Rico and Maya Cobra at the back end of last year. And that Maya Cobra win's interesting because he came straight from there to the DP World Tour Championship um, the week after, making his debut, hadn't seen the course, and um, finished third that week, um, making his um, debut there at, uh, at the Earth course, which was really quite, um, yeah. really quite impressive, I think. So he's made this transit before. Yeah, 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 and you long know, distance you, transit. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you look at some of the, um, you look, you look at some of the comments and some of the mindset, and, and you know, his mental approach to it. He just just gets on with it, and I think for me, the real focus for him will be now to make sure that he makes it through to the Ryder Cup team. And he's talked again in the past about how that's such a big motivator for him. And after last week, he now sits at thirteenth in the standings. Um, 12th in the world rankings, you'd expect him to be there, but he's, he's going to have to make it by rights to absolutely guarantee his spot. So, so yeah, I think the motivation to win his first big 
um, well, his first European Tour event is going to be a big motivator for them this week. The other point you've got is that that Mike Ober win, um, Graham McDowell won Mike Ober too, didn't yeah. he? So you've got a clear link between those two tracks. So, um, so yeah, adding it all together, 16 to 1 on Victor was um, was my pick of the guys at the very top. Um, I'm backing that up with Kevin Nahr, 66 to 1. Um, I thought it was a great price on Kevin Nahr, to be honest. We talked yeah. about Nar on the pod um, a week or two ago, didn't we? After his Sony win, and yep. you've got to pick him on the weeks that really suit. And a you know a short past seventy has got to be right in his wheelhouse. And uh, I, I don't think there's enough respect being given to Kevin Nye this week. He's twenty second in the world. He's the ninth best ranked player in this field, but he's kind of down in the you know way below the second tier in terms of the betting mm. this week. So yeah, happy to take a chance on him. And that, and that was his fifth, that recent win, that Sony win was his fifth PGA Tour win. He's third in less than two years. And there's times in the past when he was a bit of a laughing stock. And you know, again, I'm not going to go over the, what we've all discussed in the pod, but um, he's moved moved on massively since that point. And uh, he can get over the line. For all of those players, you know, the ones that we sit there and bang our heads against a brick wall each week because they can't and don't get over the line. Kevin Dark can win a golf tournament. And uh, give him a sniff, and uh, you know he's, uh, he he gives himself a good chance. So, sixty six is yeah, happy to take that on. He's got a bit of form, some relevant form at El Camellion, um, the second and third also at Kuala Lumpur on the um, Paspalum Greens. There, a couple of top five finishes if you're looking for Pebble Beach form yeah. too. So, so yeah, there's um, plenty to like about. Kevin, no. He doesn't pop strokes gain models, mate. So they they give you a half decent price. And the thing with Nar is, you do get a very low. He's like Matthew Wolf. You get an extremely low floor where it's why did I put him up? Because he's in last place. It's embarrassing. But you, they also, I mean, it's difficult to say it with Wolf, but with Nar, right short course specialist when it comes to winning short course events, yep. he can get the job done now. Yep. And actually, when he has on a rare foray. Overseas, he's played well overseas from the United States. Um, so, you know, so if he actually, if he actually produce something this week with this a huge amount of ranking points and no pressure, mm. I mean that's going to be good. If he had, if he's got any inclination about trying to get into any kind of Ryder Cup thinking, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, I can see motivation this week on now. Yeah, you, you, well, that point about him outside of the US, yeah, those CIMB classic um, efforts, mm. and again, correlating in terms of the uh, the grasses being used, yep. and both of those are interesting, second and third, going back uh, five or six years ago. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's uh, there's plenty to like for a 66 to one shot, yep. so. Um, three longer prices to finish. I'll rattle through them relatively quick. Um, Alex Levy, uh, 125 to one, one of my favourite players is... As listeners will know, he's been a decent nick since lockdown, swinging freely again, which is really good to see. Seventh at Cyprus, sixth at the Leopard, at Leopard Creek for the Alfred Dunhill, ninth last week in Dubai, where he's third for strokes gain approach, and tenth for strokes gain tee to green, which is a good indicator that he's playing some good stuff. Fifth here on debut a couple of years ago, and uh, that ace that he made in Abu Dhabi a couple of weeks ago, it's got to give him a little bit of... Uh, Impetus and encouragement. I think he won won a BMW. I think out of that uh, that that shot as well. So no wonder that big beaming smile was back on his face. And uh, 
I think there's more to come with Alex Levy. There's a lot of comments um, about him when he's playing, and uh, you know a lot of fellow pros know that he's very, very close to um, to getting back to his very, very best again. So uh, 125 to one, I'm happy to take a chance that it may be this week. Uh, Kirk Hitchiyama, I've backed at 150s, and and similar to Hovland, actually two relevant wins on two good comparable courses. He's one in Mauritius, he's one in Amarna, the Amman Open in 2019. And you're talking coastal pastelant tracks. And he clearly, clearly likes that style of golf. Um, it's got some good high level form as well. Third at the Italian Open back end of 2018, 2019. Uh, lost in that playoff, um, that um, uh, Tyrrell Hatton won at the Turkish Open. And um, you know, again, if Tyrrell Hatton hadn't chipped, I think he chipped in on the first hole, didn't he? Um, if he hadn't won, hadn't, hadn't chipped in there, then potentially you've got another a third win from Kurt Kichiyama, and that was at Rolex Series level. So, so yeah, he's kind of stepping through the grades on the European Tour quite admirably. Um, last couple of starts: thirty fifth in Abu Dhabi, twentieth last week in Dubai, where he was tenth for greens and regulation. Um, if he drives it well this week, then I think he's got a pretty good chance. One hundred and fifty to one, I must say. And finally, a longer shot, even still, Kiridek Afibamre. I've gone with 350 to 1. And the reason you're getting that price um, against a player who can win again and against a player who's quite capable is that his incoming form reads withdrawn, miscut, 60th. So there's not a great deal to go with there. Um, but he's better than that. Um, we know he's far yeah. better than that. He was length at the Bermuda Championship over on the PGA Tour at the back end of last year. Um should suit his game, this track, um, can play coastal golf, um, can play windy tracks. He's got Paspalum wins at the Kuala Lumpur, um, at Genzon as well for the Shenzhen International on the European Tour. And uh, if he finds a bit of form with that putter, and when he when he does putt well, he's one of the very best out there, um, then he may, may make a complete mockery of that 350 to 1 if he can uh, stick around. He actually showed up last week. He was fifth. Um, going um, through part way through the second round, so yeah. there was there was a flash of form there before he drifted yeah. away. So. There's been a few little bits from him, tiny yeah. bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll just recap those then. Afri Barmrat three fifty, Kurt Kitchiama one hundred and fifty to one, Alex Levy one hundred and twenty five to one, Kevin Nah sixty six, and Victor Hovland top of the shop sixteen to one for me this week. Any fancies over in? Uh, Saudi for you, Steve. Abra- Abraham answer was my gut feel on this one. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It can make a case for him. He played here last year, didn't he? There's uh, yeah, there's a few of them that have come back and <laughs> finished sixth, backdoor no, sixth. Yeah, <laughs> That's not didn't... like Abraham answer, but um, no, yeah, he fin- he started off position after round one thirty third, and then he he fired in a fantastic weekend to uh, to get an to get a under the radar backdoor sixth. Yeah. Which which is answer answer uh, territory. He did exactly the same at the American Express. Got all of his like twelve to one backers excited. Then he blew it up, and then comes and gets a backdoor top five uh, finish. So you, you want him round. sitting there in kind of fifteenth spot going into the final day, and then uh, yeah, j- just produce I, that sixty six and get yourself his, an each one. His only main tour victory. Uh, although it was Australian Open, wasn't it? He has won overseas. Yeah. I would not be surprised. I'm not even going to suggest that T4 Tony wins this, but it would be the kind of golf punter's misery that a player like Finau or Anser, where you've been throwing stake after stake on the inevitable PGA Tour victory that's about to hit, 
then goes out to a European Tour event and actually wins. Yeah. Well, with Finn out, you've got that Puerto Rico link, haven't you? And again, Pasplum, <laughs> yeah. Coastal coming to this, coming off form of, was he, was he got incoming form of fourth, second? Yeah. He's going to have his backers, isn't he? Of course he is. And he does play very, very well by the coast. Is there yeah. a lot of water in play this week, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. T4 yeah. Uh, yeah. won't like that. <laughs> that's not a T. That's not T4 territory water. Um, yeah. So answer just neat and tidy. He, he reminds me very much of a Graham McDowell mm. when McDowell is playing at his best with the you know with the the the, the fairways hit and the 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 stocky approach play. Answer is that kind of player. And I just yeah, I could see him winning this at twenty eight to one, and everyone would kind of be slapping the middle of their foreheads, going, "I can't believe Anson never wins on the PGA Tour," and he has the audacity to turn up here and win a, a star-studded event on the European Tour. Yeah. The other, the other young player that I do like the look of this week is Ras, Rasmus Hoygaard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he was close for me as well. Showing a showing a bit of uh, little snippets of form, isn't he? He is 86th in the world. So for a young, talented player like Hoygaard, getting into the top 50 and doing a Victor Hovland is, you know, the, that is uh, a short-term goal if he could achieve that. Now, a win in this absolutely loaded event would get Hoygaard probably in the top 50 just in time yeah. for the WGC. I don't know how the WGC works in terms of European tour because I believe 20 players from the European tour get into this tournament that they're playing in Florida this year. Now, Highgard might be on that list already because clearly he had a half-decent year on the tour last year. Yeah, maybe maybe based on the race to Dubai final, final position. Yeah, I think it'll be something like that. So he might actually be playing in Florida, but getting into the World Top 50 anyway. But you can just see with Hoygaard, something's percolating. Yep. Don't forget, this is a guy that in 2019 won the Mauritius Open yeah, yeah. on Paspalum Greens yeah, by yeah. the coast. Coastal track, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why I think your Kitayama tip's got some real legs in it as well. Because clearly he's another very talented player. Yeah. who likes this kind of setup. And then last year, you had a situation where Hoygaard went to Abu Dhabi, missed the cut. Went to Dubai, missed the cut. Came here to Saudi, missed the cut. Yeah? Month mm-hmm. later, turns up at the Amman Open, another similar golf course, just up, you know, just around the coast in Amman, finished sixth. Yeah. And then, of course, he had that absolute tear on the UK tour, second, sixth, third, and won the UK championship. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was absolutely on fire at that point, wasn't he? He's, uh, and he's, he seems that kind of streaky kind of player, doesn't he? Is uh, once he finds a bit of form, that uh, that he can, he can improve and hold it for a period of weeks. So to have seen him improving over the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks is is an interesting pointer, I must say. Well, we went through twenty twenty, and then this year, same set of tournaments: Abu Dhabi, twenty fifth. He was twentieth for tee to green that week. Mm. He then goes to Dubai, missed the cut last year, finished ninth, seventh for strokes gain off the tee, 31st tee to green, and that putter, sixth for strokes gain putting, ninth overall. I could, I could see Hoygaard having a good, good week and announcing him. People, you know, golf punters, regulars know of the guy now, know of the name, but for him to actually appear in a big tournament with some of the biggest names in world golf, and be contending. That's kind of almost like a a curtain opening moment in his career. Yeah. What Mixing price you with, say? 
Um, I am seeing on Rasmus, he is 80 to 1 right now with Unibet. Mm, yeah. Or you can take additional places with Treble 8 Sport, 8 places, 70 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, as I say, it was close. It, it, it's one that will probably form part of my um, DK teams this week. So, yeah, Didn't no, I like, that. Seven, I like four that. or something on 7,400 on DraftKings, wow. yeah. yeah. So, um, I'd, I'd yeah. get stuck into that person. Yeah, no, like that pick. Do like that pick. Well, it's a great tournament. Mm. There'll be excellent coverage on Sky TV yep. over in the yeah, UK. Yeah. No, very so much looking great. forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. Um, we've got a comparable tournament over in, you think about it, pretty much apart from the odd Patrick Cantlay and a, a few very um, minimal world elite players, everyone's playing this week on different sides of the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Is Morikawa not playing this week? No, no, he's, he played last week, didn't he? But, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, so he flew out to decision. Dubai. That's just weird. Aren't it? it is an odd one, isn't it? Because you thought he'd have hung around for both tournaments. But yeah, there were two. Pl- you know, when you start. Could you, I mean, I start thinking about the next week tournament, literally Tuesday afternoon, so this afternoon, after yep. I've done all the work for the. The two players I had down for the Waste Management Phoenix Open for this week were Colin Morikawa and was also Yoking Neiman. Yeah. Guys that are just absolutely. Iron straight and the best ball strikers around at the moment, and neither of them are playing in Phoenix. <laughs> Typical. You do have to worry. I worry about scheduling some of these players, but anyway, we won't go down that route because I'm sure that their uh, highly paid management teams know far more about it than I do. But um, I don't know where Neiman's going to turn up next. I mean, the guys finished second and second. This Phoenix tournament would have suited him down to the ground. Uh, you'll probably find he turns up at Pebble Beach next week, <laughs> which I wouldn't have thought suits him at all. But Waste Management Phoenix Open, TPC Scottsdale. This is the tournament clearly where you normally get 600,000 spectators um, yeah. drinking from 4am and having a good time. <laughs> I say, oh, what a cracking atmosphere, isn't it? I love this tournament. It's one of the, mm. it's, it, for me, it's probably one of the top five in the, the whole year. And I'm I'm including majors. I love yeah. the waste management. Phase. I know it's, it's on the bucket list, definitely. It's a good course as well. It's one of those courses that isn't long. It's at altitude, and there's just so much risk and reward. So you can get players literally taking the course apart, sixty-one, sixty-twos. But you've got to be on it. Or if you're absolutely, sl- you know, slashing it off the tee, um, all over the place with your approaches, you could be making seventy-fours and seventy-fives. It's one of those golf courses that separates the field very quickly. Yep. Um, and the winners list is stellar, absolutely stellar around here. Let's just talk with. We'll talk course and agronomy first. Um, the actual course itself is relatively short, seven thousand two hundred yards. It's a par seventy-one. There's three par fives, six holes feature water. It amazed me actually that Tony Finau made a playoff last year with six holes featuring water, so he must have been bang on it. Um, of course, he didn't win. That went to Webb Simpson. Now, and I, and this is the other thing you you often it would be very easy, and this was always in my mind that you needed a banger here, a a, a serious driving distance bomber. But then you look through regular performance here, Kuchar. Your friend and the podcast friend, um, Ches Reevy, two runner-up positions here. Mm. 
Uh, and then, to top it off, Webb Simpson went goes and wins it last year. There's also, going back like uh, going back to 2011, um, Mark Wilson. No, he ain't no bomber, is he? No. What, what these guys are, Kuchar, Simpson. I mean, Simpson's numbers going into this last year were off the charts. He was just basically topping everything. Yeah, he just wasn't fancied, was he? Well, you yeah, because you and I would have sat here with Barry going fourteen to one on Webb yeah. Simpson. There's no yeah. way I'm backing that. He hasn't won for it. two years, yeah. and what does he go and do? He goes and beats T Four Tony in a playoff. Yeah. And this is the point, I think. For me, this golf course is very, very simple to understand. It's all about relatively straight driving. Doesn't have to be long. It's all about second shot approaches it's about strokes gained approach and it's about metronomic ball striking i mean let's get, let's get this right hideki matsuama's won here in two consecutive years yeah. so it's got to be about ball striking really isn't it because it's not going to be about putting yeah so, one thing i will note here and this is really anal but you know it's me these greens here were always tiff eagle bermuda grass base and overseeded. And they were always overseeded with a mix of Poa Trivialis, which is what we see in the desert quite a lot, isn't it? Poa Trivialis overseed. Yeah. But also velvet bent grass. Yeah, so they used to overseed those base Tiff Eagle greens with, with those two grasses. This year, it appears that the bent grass disappeared and it's now Poa Trivialis and rye grass. Okay. So that puts us in the territory of PGA West, where they played the Amex two weeks ago. Also, Valspar Championship, where they play at Copperhead in Florida. And they also very regularly have done in the past, not all years, but a lot of years, overseeded at TPC Sawgrass. Right, yeah. But that taking away of bent grass, because you and I have always said, Hideki Matsuama on Bermuda grass is a match made in hell. Yep. And I hear a lot of, oh, well, they're Bermuda grass greens in Phoenix. They're not. They were they were Bermuda grass base greens that were overseeded with Poa Trivialis and bent grass. Yeah. yeah. I remember you, you've always said to me that they they play far more like bent grass, or have in the past played yeah. far more like bent grass. I, I don't think they will this year, though. They're taking that velvet bent grass, all right. I think they're going to become a lot more grainy and Bermuda grass like. Right. Which works for a couple of my tips, actually. Because if, you, if you're looking for a fantastically positive Bermuda grass player, there aren't many better in this field than our um, Korean friend Sung Jae Im. So I, uh, Im's straight in for me because. I think this this test will suit him far more now with without the bent grass on the overseed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying that, he just finished second. At, well, it's funny, isn't it? He, he finished second, didn't he, at the Masters? And there was this conjecture about there was Bermuda grass coming through on the on the bent. You know, the, the under the underlay was coming through onto the actual putting surfaces at that particular. 2020 Masters. Yeah, yeah, because of the time of the year. And yeah, the crazy time of the year and the Bermuda was coming through on the overseeded bent grass. And guess what? Im finished second. He finished uh, fifth at Kapalua. He, he's just so Bermuda grass uh, positive. It's fr- it's frightening. So anyway, Sung Jae Im's in for me on, on, on that basis. Um, so yes, that's quite a detailed change. So it'd just be interesting to see if we see different names. The other things here... You know me, I do like historic odds. 
Simpson, 14 to 1. He would have been friendless last year at 14 to 1, I reckon. Fowler at 22 to 1. I mean, Ricky Fowler at 22 to 1 won this. Woodland at 50s. Woodland was outside the world's top 50 at that stage in 2018. Matsuama 11 to 1. Matsuama 28 to 1 when he won the first time around. I was on him that week. And Brooks Kepka 40 to 1. Now, bearing in mind, that was before Kepka had become really a full PGA Tour member. Yeah, yeah. The 2014, he'd actually won the Turkish Airlines Open on the European Tour, and this was his first PGA Tour outing of 2015. Yeah, that's right, because he, he spent an awful lot of time, didn't he, up to that point over on the European Tour. And was it two se- two whole seasons on the Euro Tour? Yeah, 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 and uh, it kind of broke through at that level before coming over, here, coming and over breaking, here and breaking through here, yeah. Exactly. If you average out 40, 28, 11, 50, 22 and 14 to 1 over six years, you're looking at 25 to 1 winner of this. And that to me is what we're likely to get again. This I think you're going to get one of these elite guys just coming and taking it at a, a relatively short price. Yeah, potentially. Last week, of course, at Torrey Pines, I think the average was, was it 60 to 1. Yeah, rings a bell. And yeah, none of the one, none of the short thirteen to two, <laughs> eight to one guys won. It was a twenty-five to one Patrick Reed. So, I, which was too short for me. But you know, twenty-five to one in the grand schemes of things wasn't a bad winning price. I just, I just think one of the elites is going to take this. Um, strokes gain numbers. If you're looking for the last five winners. So Simpson down to Matsuama, his first win. Strokes gained off the tee, averaging it out across the five winners. Strokes gained off the tee, 11th. Strokes gained on approach, 5th. Strokes gained around the green, 30th. Strokes gained tee to green, 5th. Strokes gained putting, wait for it, 21st. I don't think it's going to be a putting competition. It's all, to me, about straight total driving and who's got the best approach play. Yeah, the, the, the the formula seems to be quite consistent here, doesn't it? It's, yeah. It doesn't deviate a great deal, so I like your logic. As does the scoring. What they tend yeah. to do here is, I've put a new section in my previews, lead score progressing, and I'm seeing here 13 under and 13 under leading after two days. Uh, and then in uh, by the end of the actual tournament, 17 under won it. Yeah. The, the, they seem to leave... Pins accessible, bit of moisture on the greens, uh, and it just the, the course firms up constantly, firms up throughout. And by the end of the week, you've got greens that are releasing, especially on. I always think the seventeenth, and I always remember Ricky Fowler that year. He won driving it through to seven, through the seventeenth yeah, green absolutely. into the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go through the back if you really catch it, can't you? Some of the guys are taking three wood into that, even though it's a, you know it's a, it's a drivable par four. So. Just doing it on the safe side. Or the water all the way down the left side as well, isn't there, when you get close to the green? So I expected... They see, they've got complete control of this. There'll be no wind. Yeah. There's no rain in the forecast. So if it if it's nothing around 17, 18 under, I'll be amazed. That's just where the tournament organisers want it. You've got to get your shooting boots on. You've got to get yourself into a position come the end of Friday where you're up in the top five, top ten, and push on from there. I do think that players who have got... I have put it on the predictor model this week as well. 
Just have a little look on the predictor model of players over the last five years that have done well on firm golf courses. Because over the weekend, I do think this course will firm up. There will be release on the greens, and a lot of players do not like that. Okay, that's where I'm at. We've talked about the average odds. We've talked about key skills, strokes gained approach being the obvious one. I'll take you... All I've done, effectively, I have peppered my eight-week rolling numbers for people that are doing well in terms of greens and regulation at the moment and people that are doing well in terms of strokes gained approach and strokes gained tee to green. And they're the, they're the guys I'm putting up. My top eight um, strokes gained tee to green guys the last eight weeks, one is Rory McIlroy, who at 11 to 1 I think is backable this week. I would rather back him at 11 to 1 this week than at some ridiculous 13, 15 to 2 last week. It does, yeah. As you said to me off mic, he does kind of drift down the betting a little bit before he gets that win, doesn't he? And then, then bang, away you go. Yeah, I think you know the a oh, couple of years ago, I think it was fourteen to one. He he was in a complete and utter mess, and then he won. Was it the players at fourteen to one, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah he can do. He's it. getting into a territory where he's going to win soon, and you can tell that just from his his odds. The only reason he's eleven to one this week is clearly because. He had a poor Sunday again, yeah, and um, he's never played here. But yeah. actually, this course suits Rory McIlroy to a tee. It's all about first-class approach play, which he seems to have recaptured because his greens in regulation numbers at the moment are stunning. He st- last week he struggled off the tee with his accuracy. He was he was all over the place off the tee. That won't wash this week. So if he can straighten the driver, I think he's got a real chance. Um, he he ranks number one tee to green for me over the last eight weeks. Two, Ricky Fowler. So I can see why people are lumping on Ricky yeah. at fifty to one. Three, Xander Schauffele. Four, Corey Connors. Five, Justin Thomas. Then we've got a tie for sixth: Berger, John Rahm, Will Zalatoris. Nine is Chris Kirk, who's playing some beautiful stuff right now. Uh, we put the message out to him. He did so well to get his medical. And tennis Siwoo Kim. Now I've I've chosen three players within that top ten. Yeah. yeah. One being Xander Schofler, who if you base it on value, you'd never pick him. But I, I just think he's kind of a modern day he's a kind of modern day Matt Kuchar, isn't he? You just know he's gonna win. You know he's gonna be at an awful price and he'll just win. This golf course is made for Xander. And coming off the fact that he actually finished second last week on a at his home tournament where he's always underdelivered in the past, and he finished with two rounds, rounds three and four that were in the top ten best scores of the day. He's gonna come here with momentum, Xander. You look at his record, it doesn't look super great. Yeah, I think he's had a what's he had? He's had a 17th, a 10th, and he's had a 16th in his three visits in consecutive years. He always yeah. plays here. There's no disaster there, is there? No, but two of those, he was fifth going into Sunday. Yeah. He's just had a bad Sunday. For me, yeah, I can see him winning this week. His numbers are just all over the chart. And yeah, I hate the price. Everyone hates the price, but 11 to 1. He's my pick of the top guys. It would be him or it would be McElroy over JT or um, John Rahm. John yeah. Rahm, he dis- just disappeared. He went backwards again, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. On yeah. Sunday. Yeah. yeah, it was an odd one. From the position he was in, you expected him to really push through and, uh, and make a charge, but yeah, it just didn't happen, did it? 
Xander's got to, you know, the number of close, you know, near, near, oh, near finishes that he's had over the last couple of years. Wow. I mean, you, you clearly can't count, count that tour championship effort as a, you know, a genuine win, but uh, he was, he was the best player out there on the week. But, uh, other than that, the number of runner-up finishes he's had for what was that? Was that the century? The last one he won a couple of years back, I think. Twenty nineteen century tournament yeah. of champions. Then wow. you get all this narrative, this absolute BS narrative that he only wins no cut events. It's like for Lord's <laughs> sake. So he can't win an event with a cut, apparently. Right. Um, even though his first win was with a cut. But you talk about Eastlake. Simpson, couple of fourth place finishes at Eastlake. Yeah. Fowler, couple of top eights. Gary Woodland, couple of top tens. Matsuama's had a fifth and a fourth there. Brooks Kepka's had some decent finishes there, fourth and a sixth. So there's a there's a link to Eastlake. I'll give the for sure. Um, but you look at you just think Simpson, Fowler, Woodland, Matsuama, Kepka. It's just got U.S. Open all over it. Yeah. Simpson U.S. Open champion. Woodland U.S. Open champion. Kepka, two-time US Open champion. Matsuama and Fowler have both finished runner-up at different US Opens. Well, you look at Xander, his record at the US Open is exemplary. Is it top fives and six in the last four oh, yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been hyper-consistent, hasn't he? That says to me an all-round ball striker that can actually scramble and putt, does well at a US Open. And, yeah, so for me, Xander. So I've, I've picked Xander at the top. Three points each way, 11-1. to one. I've got William Hill. I've always told you about Sung Jiu. I love the fact that these greens, I think, are going to be grainier and more Bermuda-like. He's perfect for this. He finished seventh here as a tour rookie on his debut. Love him. And then I've gone for Corey Connors. His numbers are just out of... They're just unbelievable. If this guy could half putt, he'd be more dangerous than Sergio Garcia. He's crazy. Yeah. These are his season-long statistics for last year, right? 13th off the tee, strokes gained. 12th for approach, 18th for tee to green, 20th for driving accuracy and 6th for greens in regulation. And in 2019, or sorry, in the 2020 uh, section of last year's tour, he didn't finish in the top 10. That's mad for a guy that is so elite, yeah. yeah. He but he's putting 181st for strokes game putting across last season. One thing about Connors though is he does seem to have better weeks putting on Bermuda grass. Yeah, yeah. I was just look while you were talking. I was just looking through to try and find because there was something just ringing at the back of my head that he had had a particularly positive putting week in the recent past. That Zozo Championship, I think, by the looks of it. Yeah, he putted nicely there. The, the putting isn't as bad. I think over the season, he's ranking just about positive. He's 104th in strokes game putting. Yeah. But those ball striking numbers are continuing. He's 15th for ball striking and 6th for greens in regulation so far this season. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you've got a ball striker that good, it's just relative, isn't it? They, they, they don't need to be putting at you know, an average in old money of 1. Oh. 1.5, 1. 1.6. No. They're hitting so many greens, they can. It's just taking advantage of. Give me a know, week where he's share. point where he's putting at point seven p- positive on the strokes gained, yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. going to be right in the mix. 
Because you just look at his greens in regulation numbers, they're outstanding. In in my eight-week trackers, he's top 10 for greens in regulation. Yeah, He's in the top four for strokes gained approach. He's in the top five for strokes gained tee to green. And he's also in the top 10 for strokes gained total last eight weeks. And he's at 70 to one. Sign me up. <laughs> Simple as that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, There's a player stuff. there that's at far better odds than his current form. This guy finished 10th at the la- the most recent Masters in November. So that was his first ever major top 10. And you just dig into it. That win that he had down at the Valero Texas Open, guess what? It was on Bermuda grass base greens that featured uh, bent grass and um, tri- poet trivialis overseed. So I think he likes the greens as well. And actually, second at the Sarnison Farms at 17 under. His win was at 20 under. As you mentioned, Sherwood Country Club in October, where he was putted brilliantly for him. He was minus 18 for that week. Finished in the top 10 in an elite um, short field event. I think he's trending, mate. Another one of these players just outside the world's top 50 as well. Big, big breakthrough this week. Gets him into the WGC. Yeah. Big carrot dangling in front of him. Big, huge carrot, mate. It isn't that kind of carrot where you're literally playing your last tournament at the RSM Classic at the end of the year or Mayakoba and it's kind of it's arriving on your doormat. It's not staring you in the face and that could lead to pressure, but you just know that if you keep playing well enough, you're going to get yourself into some big tournaments. Clearly, he's already in the Masters. He finished top 10. So, so that is Xander. Sungjae and Corey and I was just I was going to send you the preview at that point and say yeah job done I I was only going to tip up three and then I the whole process of this I was constantly telling myself that I couldn't put a player in my preview for just any reason I could find and in the end I just sat there and said well you found 13 reasons not to put him in your preview why don't you just actually put him in your preview and it's Will Zalatoris this guy is exceptional, isn't he? Absolutely Big sick. prospect, yeah. What a player. And he, he reminds me of that Brooks Kepka narrative in 2014. A player that you haven't really heard of on the PGA Tour, but clearly is something made of different, it's different gravy. He's Corn Ferry this year. He he won TPC last year, sorry, TPC Colorado at altitude, clearly Colorado. He won that at 15 under. And in that Corn Ferry season, he had six top fives and a further three top tens. So one win, six top fives, three top tens in the Corn Ferry promotion tour, yeah? That's crazy. Not that he was officially promoted, but you get my gist. And then he hits the PGA Tour and he goes and finishes sixth in the US Open. Well, we just talked about the US Open narrative. Yeah. Eighth at Corrales, fifth at TPC Summerlin. I love that. Shriners Open, finished fifth at altitude in Las Vegas. Yeah, thin air. This kind of target golf, 18 under. Yeah, love it. And then last week, he just popped up. First outing of 2021, because he's now handpicking where he wants to play. He's got special temporary membership. He's not in the FedEx Cup, but he can have whatever sponsor invite he wants to whatever tournament, as long as it's not invitational or WGC or major. What's he do? Another top 10 finish at Torrey Pines, where they're playing the 2021 US Open. He's just a he's different gravy, this Salatoris. He's a very good player. 
And what's he about? Brilliant approach play. He's not a great putter, but he's it's all about superb approach play with Zalatoris. I think he's going to love this golf course. So Zalatoris, we've got Connors, Sung Jaim, and Xander Schofler. Who have you got? Mm, very good. Yeah, I um I have put Xander in my each way double with Victor Hovland at the top oh, end. Paul. So uh, You know he's yeah. gonna finish they'll both finish second. <laughs> Well, yeah, the each way element would be yeah. nice, but yeah, to, to get them both over the line would be even better. But yeah, let's 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 put the headline guys at uh, in the in the top and an each way double. So I've done that. The only other one I've backed is much further down the list, and that's Sam Ryder at two hundred and fifty to one. Now I know you've got previous with Sam, so you probably won't agree, but um, I, I I think there's a little bit to like about him. Um, you go back to his Corn Ferry days; he won um, by eight shots at the uh, Pinnacle Bank Championship, which is impressive. Came onto the, um, onto the PGA Tour proper in 2018. He was fifth in Houston, second at the John Deere, seventh in Barbasol, fourth at the Safeway, third at the Shriners, some of those events that you just mentioned, actually. Mm-hmm. Nothing in 2019, but then he started to shine a little bit again last year, third at Puerto Rico, seventh at the Workday Charity Open. Most recent form, though, 47th of the Amex, where his greens and regulation looked really good. Second for greens and regulations, uh, eighth for total driving. Tenth last week at the Farmers, fourth for greens and regulation. Um, most importantly, though, first for strokes gained approach, fifth for strokes gained tee to green. So mm. he's picking a lot up with his long game at the moment. Yeah. And just want. following the kind of the, the yeah. narrative that you've just described, that fits in very nicely with mm. the uh, the kind of identikit that you need to be uh, to to be showing to do well around this track. I think. Uh, yeah, cu- I, cu- yeah, a couple a couple of starts here in the past where he's done nothing major, but he has been handy enough at halfway on both times. But uh, but yeah, two hundred and fifty is quite happy to take a stab at him this week. Did I not mention Carlos Ortiz for last week? Yeah, and he was in the final group, and I know he had a nosebleed and completely capitulated. Do you know there's one player in my there's one player that really jumped out to me in in these strokes gain numbers. Mm. He sits currently tied for twelfth strokes gain total current form. So last eight weeks, he's sitting there with the likes of Sam Burns and Brendan Todd. He's two hundred to one this week. Bo Hogue. Yeah, yeah. And his tee to green numbers are just. Uh, I'm just trying to see where he makes his where he makes his hay. He's in the top twelve for strokes gained putting. It seems to be more short game, but Boho two hundred to one. He's playing some great stuff, and I can see he's being backed because there's 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 plenty of uh, short prices on Boho. One that could just pop up. Clearly playing some nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, potential. So, as you say, yeah, there's, there's a few bookies cutting him right now. So uh, mm. either he's been tipped up, or there's a few people on the same kind of a wavelength as you there, Steve. Or he's been tipped up, and people know he's been tipped up, so they're, they're quickly cutting his. Him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, all good. I enjoyed this week's show. I'm yeah, hoping for. Good. I'm hoping for a, a, an actual victory, the first one since August. I keep chipping away, covering the weeks. Someone at some stage is going to land, and the yeah. same is exactly the same for you, Paul. It's just those Sundays, haven't you? you? Just need one of them to go your way, and uh, away you go. And then you have two or three on the trot, and it will all be rosy. Enjoyed the pod. Enjoyed the process. 
Um, you haven't got a tournament next week. We have got AT yeah. Pebble Beach. I won't say Pro-Am because I doubt if it's going to be one. We've got Pebble Beach, <laughs> which is just an absolute SHIT show when it comes to betting. It's either 16 to 1 or 500 to 1. So we'll see what way the coin falls this year at uh, Pebble Beach. I'm sure Paul Casey will be going off for something like 14 to 1 if he plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. a Ted Potter Jr. type. Did you notice he played well last week, Ted Potter? Was it top yeah, 20? Did. Yeah. At Torrey Pines, 7,700 yards. You're having yeah. a laugh, aren't you? And he's coming up to Pebble Beach next week. Mm, interesting. Right, thanks for your time, Paul. Much appreciated. Yeah. yeah, best of luck. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to listeners. Again, yeah, we'll be back next week for Pebble Beach on the PGA Tour. Thanks for your support. Give us five-star reviews and goodbye. <laughs>